It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, May 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is doing one of my favorite things, and that's making lists. Oh, yeah, you love that. And you check them twice. I do. We're going to be looking at those to-do lists for Flyers management and catching up on the NHL playoffs all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're now on the SiriusXM app. Or anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Uh, Russ, before we get into our to-do list for this Flyers new management group, I want to check in on our friends who are playing over at Men's Worlds. And I got to say, Cutter, Gautier, and Ronnie Adderd are having a pretty solid tournament so far. Definitely getting a lot of name checks from the broadcast team. Uh, Cutter Gautier has two goals in the tournament so far. Ronnie Adderd with a goal in yesterday's game versus Germany. It was the opening uh, score for that game. And yeah, I I really think that, at least from what I've seen in this tournament so far, this is going to be really a good experience for them. I can see Cutter Gautier, he's trying things with his shot and he's trying to see, you know, where he can create space and with like some of these international players that are stronger, maybe a little bigger, faster than him. And I, I think he's really going to be learning a lot from yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's a good experience. I don't count it as a lot for development. I've seen guys playing this before. But as far as experience, it is it is good experience. It's good to play against these players. We know they're not checking their hardest. Sometimes in the final, you might get a little of that. But, you know, there's some easy goals to be had in this too. But for a young guy, yeah, it's a very good experience. Yeah, there's certainly some physicality in that game against Germany. Uh, Cotter Gautier almost got into it once in that one. Uh, Team USA overall, uh, their stats are not great, despite the fact that they are winning. Casey DeSmith is kind of saving them to a large degree, but uh, they're staying out of the penalty box, which is a good thing. So we'll see how it goes for them and our guys on team USA Scott Lawton so far with one goal in the tournament for team Canada who just squeaked by Slovakia in a shootout yesterday uh, Canada looks a little discombobulated well I mean I, I saw they put Adam Fantilli as like the 13th forward if you're doing that there's you're doing something wrong yeah I, I think so as well we'll see who may join them uh in the tournament from eliminated teams in the playoffs we'll talk about those teams a little bit later in the show 
just one very small bit of Phantoms news. Uh, they re-signed Garrett Wilson to a two-year AHL contract, with a, I think is a good thing. He just yeah, had sure. his, his best season, and he's one of those veterans that you really do need around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a good physical player that's going to protect your prospects, um, but also put points on the board. Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, you need some of those guys there. Just don't have too many of them, but you know, he's a good one. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Very glad to see that. All right. So digging into our to-do list for this new Flyers management team, I think the big thing for me is differentiating what the big to overall to-do list is for them, even if it's just for this off season versus immediate next steps. And so looking at what they have to accomplish in the short term leading up to the draft and free agency versus the full offseason goals and negotiating contracts and then looking kind of doing that whatever many year plan, which they won't say and you don't like, Russ, I know. But uh, let's just say it's a five year plan because that's the most common business speak, right, (laughs) is what's your five year plan. But I think we need to, you know, in discussing this make sure we're making clear what are these separate buckets of goals we're looking at for them. Right. So two things here. One thing is one time um, when I was with a video game company and I was a district manager, I was in there for a couple of years as a manager, became a district manager and they gave me a new district. They said, this district is underperforming. They gave it to me for the fourth quarter, the most important quarter. And they're like, yeah, see what you could do with it, kid. And, and um, my mentor from, my district, my own district manager said, let's make a bet on it. If you really think you could do a good job, let's make a bet on it. So I'm like, okay. So we made a bet on it. What I did was I met with every individual manager to start. And and so like with the flyers to make it applicable, I would meet with every manager and department head and say, what do you like about your job? What do you don't like about your job? What do you think needs fixing around here? And, and find that out. Um, one of the first things that I found out was these managers were stunned that I was willing to talk to them and spend like an hour or two with them each individually. Cause the previous person didn't have time for that. So that's something where something like, you know, if, if Keith Jones does that, he may find out Chuck didn't talk to any of these people except for when he had to. And the, there yeah. are instant gains you can make with people who are working in the workplace just by being more personable and caring. Absolutely. And he mentioned that, you know, he wants it to be a fun place to work and a good place to work and mm-hmm. uh, in the presser. And I think that was an important thing to mention. And I think you're right there. And I think it's not just people that are in hockey ops that wouldn't be under Danny Breer's purveyance. I think it's talked to everybody. Everybody. Absolutely everybody. And, you know, I personally even though they have no obligation to speak to you, I would reach out to maybe some people who have recently left the organization. Yeah, sure. Uh, and and, and see, find out you why. Know, find out why they left. Find out what could have gone better for them. Um, you know, and and I think that could be useful in this discussion as well. And I think that's absolutely the case. And I would talk to some players. And talk about how they interact with some of the people in the hockey ops department, how they interact with player development and, you know, talk to the prospects. How are you working with your player development, mm-hmm. you know, rep that, that you have been talking with, you know, talk, just talk to everybody soup to nuts and really get an overall sense of what the reality of the organization is right now. Well, like as an example, 
I would spend like a complete day with the analytics department and say, hey, listen, I'm just going to shadow you guys. Do what you normally do. I want to see what you do. Then, then at the end of the day, let's huddle up for an hour and see if you feel like what you're doing here is making a difference. If, you know, what you're telling the front office ever gets used, do you feel like you see any of this app, you know, applying to the team or do you feel like, you know, it's a brick wall? And, and that would be one of the first things that I would do because I have a pretty good feeling that John Tortorella is not very receptive to a lot of analytics, maybe a little, but not a lot. And, and so that's the first thing you have to sort of see is do, does Keith Jones need to tell Danny Breer, Hey, listen, Danny, I understand you and John are getting along well. Well, now you're going to have to push him a little bit more towards the analytics side because we need that. That's going to help us give an edge and we're not doing it enough and we're not a good enough team to say we shouldn't explore it. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, just thinking about Keith Jones, the broadcaster in terms of his attitude toward analytics, I think, you know, he may not have been the most bought in broadcaster out there, but I think he did use them selectively and appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think that he probably could do with a an analytics, not one on one because he knows what he's talking about, but more of a deep dive into the processes. Well, that's why the spending the day department. with the department would really yeah. let him do that and have because then he doesn't need to tell everybody he didn't know that. But when he's going around and they're explaining what they do and everything the light bulb's going to probably go on for certain things like compared to what he saw or didn't see. Yeah. And I think the same goes in terms of the draft prep, right? Looking, looking at that analytics group in terms of what are they doing to support the draft prep? Could they, do they need more support along those lines? And, uh, you know, looking at uh, in terms of the player development group, asking them are they getting the stats they need in order to support what they're trying to do to work with the prospects in the system and i think that could go a long way as well right so here's an example i used already today with um some people i work with from instat so i saw for gabe perot who's on that top line for the u.s and you know probably a top 20 pick maybe higher with with some teams but definitely a top 20 um Hey, here's the breakdown of Gabe Perot's season. Uh, 20% spent in the D zone, 27% spent in the neutral zone, 53% spent in the offensive zone. And and so like me as Keith, I would say, well, look, unless you're uh, a top line player and we don't, and I'm going to ask you guys, if you think he's a top line player, you know, where do you, where do you think that that ranks Perot? Cause you have him, let's say he's, you know, second pick on the board, third pick on the board for them that they like. Do you think he's going to be able to sustain that at the next level? Not in college, because he's going to have a lot of the same guys at the U.S. team in college. But I mean, when the NHL, when he eventually gets here, do you think he's going to be able to be able to spend that much time in the offensive zone? Because if not, we've got to adjust his numbers. These numbers are not going to be sustainable. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. And I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but there are things that I will pull out like that and say, hmm, yeah, I think that's extremely important. Well, there's going to be a lot more on our to-do list for the guys. We're going to get more into what we think Keith Jones and Danny Breyer should be working on coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price 
guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Gain Time app is it is great for getting those last minute ticket notifications. Plus they will give you the view from your seats, which is so important when I purchase tickets. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress on Game Time. Download the app. Create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we will absolutely be continuing our draft coverage later this week. Uh, tune in on Thursday where we are going to get into Matvey Mitchkoff, a draft prospect. Plus, we'll look at some third round pick options for the Flyers as well. Continuing our discussion on our to-do lists for Jonesy and Danny B. I think, you know, there's more on my list for uh, Jonesy to get up to speed. I, I think it's really important that he give his two cents on all the player reviews that Danny and Torts have already done. Um, I know he said, you know, Danny has control over player personnel, but I do think it's important that just, you know, at the beginning of whatever process they're doing in terms of evaluating players and who they want to resign and who they want to trade and all of that, get Jonesy's thoughts on everybody. Just have that in the mix. I would definitely set up a meeting with the two and say, hey, um, we haven't talked about this. What is your summer plan? Give me an idea of what your summer plan is. You hear the summer plan. If you don't like a player or two, or you don't think a thing or two is good, you say, you know, then that's where you input and say, well, you know, I, I saw this guy. I think um, based on what I saw this year and what he's going to make next year, he could be one of those cheap options for you to pick up that we can keep for two, three years and really help bridge the gap here and so on and so forth. And I think he does need to do that. Um, they may not listen to him, but he needs right. to do it. He needs to do it so, you know, they understand that he is going to, you know, be a pest uh, in that regard and not just let them operate on their own in a vacuum. Yeah, I think so as well. And then, you know, I think the other big thing for me is figuring out an offseason plan for this offseason and building into that five-year plan. What communications do we want to hear from Keith Jones over the rest of this offseason as fans and in the public? Because ostensibly, you know, and because of what Dan Hilferty said directly, part of the reason why they hired Keith Jones was because of his communication skills and the fact that he had good relationship with people and the public was familiar with him. Well, how are they going to utilize that? Well, and what's the plan? One thing could be uh, like a charity golf outing and you let um, Flyers fans bid their way onto a foursome with, with Jonesy and they could talk to him the whole time about, you know, about the team and he can, you know, they, they could give input and he can get some input. Uh, maybe you even do it with a few foursomes, you know, and do something like that. Season ticket holders getting Season drawn. They don't holders. even, you know. Yeah. Some sort of perk for that. So they feel like at least they're being heard. The team might not listen, but at least you're talking to the guy. Cause I remember I went on a tour with the Mets and we were talking to the assistant GM and he, he mentioned a trade that was going to happen. 
and and then it was cool that it happened but he also was interactive with everybody and they've tried to use the town hall format which has worked for them to some degree but at the same time i think that they they've got to try some new things right yeah they've town hall is like getting old and passé yeah i think they do have to have some more direct contact and have you know where the the fans can really express how they're feeling and and you know live up to what Danny Briere said in that you know we hear you well let's make sure they're continuing to listen right that it isn't you know that it's a continuing open door and that there's mechanisms within the sales staff to really make sure that messages from season ticket reps and all of that are getting you know, forwarded to the right people and that Keith Jones really has an insight into what the fan base is thinking um, and what season ticket holders are thinking and what potential season ticket holders are thinking. I think, you know, working with the sales and marketing side of things, even though that's not his purveyance, figuring out what they want. And again, you know, you're not going to make hockey decisions entirely with what the fans want, but you're going to, you got to listen to it and prove that you're listening to it. Because I think, that's super important right now. Yeah. And then, you know, in September, do a pep rally, you know, downtown Philly and do it a little differently and try and make it interactive and maybe even offer some deals for tickets, you know, have ticket people there and saying, hey, I, you know, have you ever thought about it? Well, if you have, you know, because you're at this event, we'll give you blah, 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 a deal on this game or whatever. So you could see that this is something that, that you may want try and do that be interactive that's not different but it's at least right now the flyers have no standing in the local with the local teams here they've zero uh even after that day where the press conference happened everybody just defaulted back to the sixers and which now is not a problem but still the sixers and then, <laughs> i want to talk about that one and, and then the eagles you know and then eventually the phillies and the flyers are out of it like they're completely out of the the social conscience right now they need to get back in it that's somewhere where um you would call that gaining mind share they need to gain mind share back within the city mm -hmm. yeah and i think you know being more open with the public and being more proactive about it and even if there's nothing new to report. Just making sure your voice is out there in the public yeah. and do something to make the flyers a presence in the city. I think that's absolutely the case. And, you know, I think obviously in the short term, Danny Breer should be knee deep in draft research right now and prospect research right now to make sure that that team is as fully prepared as possible for this upcoming draft and and then work in the phones in terms of making trades that maybe will get them into that second round mm -hmm. yeah definitely should be doing that definitely should be setting up the board they should be having their final um meeting with the scouts all of that and that all should be happening you know also to me if i were danny i'd be like okay so what are we doing differently this year like, in, you know, because, again, I think the Flyers drafting method has gotten a little stale. Will he do that? I don't know. He may just let them operate in their own vacuum and kind of just trust them. And, you know, I don't have the same kind of trust. Let's just say that. So I think I think if he has ideas, he needs to give them those ideas. Yeah, I think so, too. And then, you know, you start to address the more five year plan, long term goals and make sure you state what they are. And maybe then we can put some time 
frames around them and be public about it. So how long is it going to take to clean up the cap situation for the flyers? And what are our immediate steps, our medium term steps, our long term steps? How many years is this cap problem going to be an issue? I do have the answer to that one. Well, yeah. Do they have the answer, though? That's I don't know. It doesn't matter if you know the answer. I know. I think it's three years, I think. Yeah. It'll start to be better. In 2526, provided that they don't start long-terming guys now until 2526, which has been their style, right? So well, like, that was you, the Chuck Fletcher way. That was the Chuck sure. Fletcher way. And then you never were ever free of the cap. Now, that's to say right now, don't sign Travis Konechny long-term. Sorry. Can't do it. We like you. We're going to eventually trade you. Um there's guys I can get that are Travis Connecty value in the draft. No problem. So I have to do that. Now, the only exception would be Carter Hart. And if everything clears up with him the right way and he wants to go five years with you, you do it. Because you see the problem with other teams when they don't have goaltending. If you eventually want to be a good team, you still have to have that good goalie. So that's the only exception. Everybody else, I'm not extending anybody. I'm not extending Cam York. I'm not extending any of them. I'll keep giving them bridge deals until they really prove it to me. You're going to have to really, and and Morgan Frost too, um, you're going to have to really knock down the door to get me to give you like a five-year deal. Because otherwise I I want like a pretty free and clear cap where I don't have any worries and I could really go out and get premium talent by 25, 26. That's going to be hugely important. And then, you know, what is their plan to address the skill weaknesses on this team? How are they going to fill those roles over the next three to five years? And then, you know, how are they going to manage the draft versus free agency to address those skills? And what is the role of player development going to be? And how do we engage player development in a way to solve some of those problems so we don't have to spend money on it? Yeah, I mean, and again, like, I don't want fans to think that just because you put a guy on LTIR, it solves your problem. So let's just say Cam Atkinson goes on LTIR. You still have to wait for the season to begin to be able to take advantage of that savings. And once you start loading up on LTIR, there's the, it becomes a, a problem too. Because I know the next thing is, hey, trade those contracts. Well, you might be able to trade someone like Atkinson if he some reason breaks down next year and can't play and is on LTIR because it's one year. But someone like Ryan Ellis, you can't trade that. Nobody wants like four years of LTIR. They don't want that. They'll take a year of it to kind of maneuver the cap. So that's a that's a whole other discussion for another day, but I'm just using that sort of as an example. Sure. And then uh, one of our listeners, William, mentioned uh, in an email that medical situation specifically and you know, making sure that they're getting full reports on Cam Atkinson, on Sean Couturier, on Ryan Ellis, and then be open and honest about this player's future if they can't ever come back and play. Like, just say it. Right, which is something they were unwilling to do with Cam Atkinson because we found out all secondhand um, the really tough situation that he was in, having to get yeah. a second opinion and really having to do the next surgery he did last minute because otherwise he'd have lost some use in his arm. Like that's tough. Uh, you don't want it to get to that point. And it has gotten to that point for other players too. We heard Tanner Pearson talking about his hand. You don't want that. You want to be the opposite of that. And Torch said they're not there yet. So that's another thing where, you know, Keith Jones could try and clean that up a little bit more since he also um, has seen horrific injuries. I think he, 
I think he helped Eric Lindros with the collapsed lung, if I remember correctly, so he wouldn't fly. Remember, they were going to think about flying him. Right. And, and I think he was the one who stopped them from doing it. I could be wrong. It may have been somebody else, but I think it was Jonesy at the time. But if it wasn't, it was somebody else. And just things like that. You 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 know, you want to keep away from situations like that. And that was a long time ago. I get it. But you also now we're still seeing issues. And as an example, like Sean Couturier, we're going to see now with based on whatever his offseason training is, um, how he comes in and how he could practice. And because it's been an awfully long time since he's played a game and it would be, um, I think, naive to think that he's just going to walk in and be the one seeing everything's fine. That's very naive. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot to consider on that front in terms of player health and, you know, player management in terms of injuries. But uh, we will wrap up this discussion and check in on the playoffs coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I use literally every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and focus. It can be hard and inexpensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So looking at our to-do list for the Flyers and this new management team, kind of in total, uh, as far as anything we haven't talked about yet, obviously there's a lot for this team to work on. And so, you know, if there's one thing that you want them to have done and to kind of be public about uh, leading up to the draft, what is it for you, Russ? <sighs> leading up to the draft. I think it's the um, it's the rookie camp. That's the the first thing, moment, important um, week that I could see if there's a difference. So, yeah, have Keith Jones on hand. Let him talk to all the young guys. That's good. Um, is there different training methods? Will Mike O'Connell get somebody else to really support him uh, in what he's doing? I think he's done a good job, but I think they could add layers. Will they have any new equipment to help measure uh, how the guys are when they come in and when they leave. Ron Hextall started to do that, and then I feel like they've done a little to add since then, but not enough. Uh, what are they doing to gain that edge skating-wise? Are they going to get a full-time skating coach? I don't even know if they have a full-time skating coach anymore. I haven't heard of one lately. Those kinds of things. You want to be the faster, most, most in-shape team? Then start investing in it. Start doing those things. Start telling. But you have to pass it on to your first generation players, these younger guys, like this is the, these are the first ones you have a chance to now affect these guys for the rest of next season. 
with what you do to start doing things differently than you've done before. So that's what I'm going to look for. Yeah, I would like them to bring back like the full trial on the aisle experience. Yeah, that's fine. I'm good with that. Do it. I think that would be fun. But all of that is true. And yeah, I just want to see that they're ready and truly prepared for this draft and are going to do that the right way. And they come out of it with a really strong sense of how player development could work better for this team. Uh, In the meantime, the NHL playoffs continue and uh, the Oilers are out, man. With this series, I have to think, you know, did the Oilers lose or did Vegas win? And I've got to say it's a little bit of both. I think the Oilers were inconsistent, but Vegas really, like everybody that needed to step up on that team did. And they did it at the right time. Yeah, I think that's true of Vegas. I I still feel like with the Oilers, um, they made a mistake. Uh, Stuart Skinner is a rookie goalie. You did spend the money on Jack Campbell, who came in great in relief, and they never gave him a chance to have a game. I think last game was his chance to have a game. I think at this point, I think three out of the last four games, Stuart Skinner had given up four goals. One of them, he only gave up one goal. You're not going to win if you give up four goals in the playoffs. They should have seen what Campbell had. They didn't. And now they're going to have like one more year of Connor McDavid before he probably says, I want to trade. I'm going to request a trade. So get it right because, you know, you're not going to get that many more kicks of the can with Connor McDavid. And I feel like they wasted an opportunity. And congrats to Vegas. They they did everything they did right. And they were really shorthanded goaltending wise. And it didn't matter. I think so. Um, as of recording, we don't know who they're going to face. Uh, game seven, of course, was last night in the Dallas versus Seattle series. So very much looking forward to seeing how that uh, plays out. In the Eastern Conference, we have the Florida Panthers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Man, I think that there's a lot of, uh, I think, talk about the non-traditional market matchup and if that's good for hockey or bad for hockey. I personally think it's great. I think yeah, I don't see how it's too. bad anymore. Like with so many years down the road, how could this possibly be bad? If you're going to say TV ratings, okay, maybe you're right on that. But for any other reason, it's not bad. Well, and also I think for me, the main thing is that if you're a fan of hockey, these are two excellent teams yes. that are really fun to watch. And if you don't want to watch them because they are based in the South. That means you don't like hockey. Yeah. Yeah, Or or if you're a mad Canadian because it's been 30 years. Hey, it's not these guys' fault. Get your... Yeah, this is hockey. And they play good hockey. And if you appreciate the sport, you should want to watch the series. Yeah. I just... I would watch it. I'm interested to see if Carolina can really hold off Florida, who seems to be the hot team right now. To me, that's enough interest to watch. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, I think for me, the the Stanley Cup is wide open amongst all of the teams remaining and um, really anybody could win. And I love that going into these last couple of rounds. Me too. I mean, again, it's a great reality show. You never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you go back on what you say early in the season and say, why did I do that? And it's a lot of roller coaster stuff. This year has been very unpredictable. And I think that's fun. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to dig more into the long-term to-do list. We we hit on a lot of the short-term, immediate off-season this uh, episode, so we'll dig more into some of the long-term 
uh, to do's for the new management on tomorrow's show. Plus, we'll have your mailbag. So if you have any questions for us, make sure you tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, of course, we're still running that uh, giveaway that we're going to do once we hit 800 YouTube subscribers, 900, 1,000 over the next couple of months, we'll be doing a giveaway to our subscribers over there. So make sure you have uh, clicked that button on YouTube for us. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.